With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I did my sentence. Welcome into Loho Daily. My name is Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. Today we're going to talk about Cam Newton. So I thought I'd bring my friend Tony DiGiacomo, who has covered him for forever in Charlotte, on to talk about what happens next for Cam Newton. First off, his health, definitely uncertain. He's got $19 million remaining on his contract. They were only going to be stuck into $2 million of those dollars against the salary cap. When they brought in Matt Rule as the new head coach, Matt had to determine, I believe this 100%, if he was going to be his guy moving forward. He realized he wasn't going to be his guy moving forward. Even though he said so at the Combine, I think he had no choice. I think David Tepper and Matt Rule in, work in lockstep, right? Tepper comes out and talks about Cam Newton in January into early February saying, we're not sure where he's, you know, where he's at now. We'll let the medical staff tell us. Matt Rule kind of said the same thing in Indy. While he did say he would love to coach Cam, a player like Cam Newton, never committed to him. Obviously now with the coronavirus happening, medical staff can't even get in front of Cam Newton yet. The timing I think has worked in their favor to let him go, uh, where it's worked not in Cam's favor to stay in Charlotte. Although, you know, I think Cam is ready to go, man. I think he's he's come out and said on Instagram he wants to stay. I think he's felt the utmost disrespect from that franchise, just like Greg Olson did. Not that he was lied to, but that he wasn't given a fair chance in their in his eyes by them to go through the whole process. You didn't have to sign Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year contract, right? Teddy Bridgewater, you could have probably gotten him for one year. And still tried to retain Cam in a couple, you know, four or five weeks when medicals come out. And then decide on Cam and Teddy can be your starter. What made you give Teddy Bridgewater a three-year contract? Right? So he felt, I think when he saw that happen, is obviously the end of the line. It was the same day that he basically put on the trading block. Uh, I think the ultimate disrespect Cam felt, shy away from him eventually. It was just a matter of time. I just wanted to do it now. Cut ties and move forward. How would you describe cam newton's impact on the franchise oh it's been unbelievable man I mean, i've been out here for i got here in 07 i was here during jake delone musin muhammad steve smith's prime when they were going to the playoffs right after their super bowl run and in those two years of uncertainty when jake was shipped off to cleveland and smitty was shipped off to baltimore and moose went to chicago and then came back for a year he came back and cam's I think second year when Cam Newton was drafted, it was, it brought back life into that franchise and in the city. Now, I don't think anybody knew he was going to be on the Muggsy Bogues, Alonzo morning type level for Charlotte, but man, he, he became that and more. And uh, that's the part that I think I'm most sad about is there's an icon leaving this city. And that's, it's like, you know, he was the Michael Jordan of Charlotte. He was the biggest athlete for nine years here. They, you can say you want about Alonzo. Alonzo only played three years here. And Muggsy, while he has spent a long time here, was never at the popularity level that an NFL player can be, especially in Cam. Cam was a, became a global NFL icon. And 
he really did push Charlotte on the map. And it's going to be a big impact. I'm not sure it'll be an impact uh, this season because I think a little bit of uncertainty with the coronavirus and then the league gets back and, you know, there's, there's the kind of the new coach in town. I think you're going to see the impact in two or three years from now when the community part of it is gone. I mean, his foundation basically is going to up and go wherever he goes. And that Cam One Foundation, what he did for kids and homeless people, I mean, it was, it was dynamic, Lawrence. It was, it was probably one of the most significant foundations I've ever been around. Uh, Steve Smith has one here too. Uh, but Cam's foundation did so much for the community. It's going to be a big impact as far as the loss goes. If Cam decides, now here's the, here's the key. If he decides to split from Charlotte, a lot of athletes do move on and go play elsewhere while maintaining a presence here. I'm not sure he wants to. Really? You know, I could tell by the way he's acted. And I do know somebody really close to his foundation who was just let go by the foundation by Cecil here in Charlotte. So that to me was a little bit of a sign is does Cam, I mean, he lives in Atlanta half the year, man. I mean, he literally, he's in Atlanta until OTA is a mini camp. And then he goes back to Atlanta. And then he's in here full time when, you know, training camp starts. So he spends the majority of his time in Atlanta. I'm not sure Charlotte is going to be where he maintains his presence moving forward after football, like Steve Smith has, like Musin Muhammad has. Jake Malone moved to New Orleans, but Jake still is on the radio broadcast and does a lot for the community here still. So uh, Muggsy is tremendous out here for the Hornets. So I'm not sure Cam wants to do that. He was controlled by IMG. Okay. I'm, I, that's something that I'm going to pay attention to for sure when, when it comes to this. I described Cam on the radio today as a guy who's 31 but has a lot more miles than your average, even your average 31-year-old football player. There's all the stuff that he goes through physically the way that he plays. There's also the car accident. You know, like there, there's a there's a lot of stuff when it comes comes to Cam. What were people in and around Charlotte expecting if he was quote unquote healthy enough to play this year? MV, they were expecting MVP type Cam again. I, I think in the back of their minds, most fans knew he wasn't going to be at that level again. But if he could come close to that level with Christian McCaffrey, with a refreshed, revamped defense, with a dynamic receiver in DJ Moore, who's faster than lightning and Curtis Samuel. And then guys that were going to probably draft here with the seventh pick and a quality second round pick. They were going to expect Cam Newton of 2015, or at least close to it. I was never going to realize. I mean, if you're a, a, a father time is undefeated, right? So you weren't going to get fully 2015 Cam, but if you can come close to it and lead him to the playoffs again, like he was on pace for, by the way, two years ago, folks forget that in 28, was it 17 or 18? 18. His first seven games, he was playing at an MVP-type level. Then he gets hurt, and he was gone for the year. And then last year, he missed all of last year, pretty much. So they would have that if they would have gotten 2015 or 2017, Cam, they'd have been extremely happy, and it had the makings of a playoff team. And I think if Cam was deemed healthy, even in January, Lawrence, I think Matt Rule and David Tepper and the powers that be changed the way they viewed free agency. Not so much with a backup quarterback, but with how they, they've got a lot of guys. I think half the guys they signed are 29 and younger. And they're only one to three year deals for most of these cats they're bringing in. So they're obviously going a lot younger with, you know, unproven professionals. They would have changed their philosophy big time. And um, it's going to be sad, man. I've gone to so many games, whether it be covering it or as a fan or with clients and, just the buzz around town is going to be drastically different without number one, 
on the field, man. He's just such an icon. It's such a strange time for for that franchise. Yeah. Greg Olson's gone. Cam Newton's gone. Ron Rivera's gone. From, Davis. Yeah, yeah, like you have all these these guys that have moved on. So what what are the fans in Charlotte? What's been their reaction to this sudden change that they've seen? They have the. Uh, it's twofold. Most are excited about what a new young hip up and coming coach with Joe Brady as the OC down in uh, LSU coming in and there's going to be this dynamic offense and what could be expected with McCaffrey in his, you know, third year, fourth year and all these, all these great young dynamic players, but also, you know, sadness. I think, you know, I think that word um, hits me a lot because I think a lot of folks were going to games last year thinking that the team was going to be, 500 or better, right? Under Ron. Ron has a pretty good start. The season kind of gets away from him. Ron's let go. Folks were okay with that. All right. Yeah, Ron put in nine years, right? What other head coach gets a gets let fired and has a press conference the next day thanking everybody for being in town and how he won't stay. He's always going to be forever a Panther uh, and a Bear. And then you bring in this new exciting coach and there's optimism and, and fun. And now Cam's gone and now you get a little bit of sadness. There's a lot of emotions, man, and in a span of three months. Can you imagine what it would be like in Chicago where you're at with all those emotions running through a fan's uh, bloodstream? So I think they're, they're excited for what I believe they feel will be a, a dynamic team. They're also – they realize, hey, it's going to be maybe a three- or four-win team. You know, if we get five to seven wins out here, that's a really good season under a new coach. Uh, and they're, they're excited about that, but also a little bit of trepidation – Hey, what's David Tepper doing here? You know how it is, Lawrence. Most fans don't want to buy into a rebuild. None of them do. It's happened in Chicago when they brought in Pace. Oh, we're going to rebuild, you know. Then all of a sudden, two years later, under Nagy, they're back in the playoffs. They can't see that yet here, but I think it's possible. And I think once they get through this fall season to see where they're at, to see how dynamic it could be. Uh, David Tepper's a really cool guy, by the way. Tepper is always transparent and honest. Like, Unlike any owner I've seen probably since Jerry Jones, he lets you know where he stands every time. And he was always honest about Cam. He was always honest about getting Matt Rule. He was always honest about uh, how he handled Greg, even though Greg didn't believe that. Um, they've, they've been pretty transparent. I think fans appreciate that. They really do. So they're in a pretty good state of mind right now. Where do you see Cam fitting best? Man, I thought it was going to be Chicago, to tell you the truth. I thought he'd come in there and, and, and back up uh, either – I'm sorry, either challenge Mitch or kind of find his way in that naggy-type offense. And, you know, then obviously that was you – know, they felt stronger with Nick Foles. I think, honestly, the only place for him to really rejuvenate is probably New England. Brian Hoyer is there now, so if Cam happens to struggle for, you know, in training camp or it's never going to be fully ready to go until camp or the beginning of the season – they have Ryan Hoyer there. Bill Belichick can fix. He can make Cam. He can get the most out of Cam, right? I think it's the only spot that fits. L.A. will not do it because they're going to go young for a quarterback. I think it's New England or bust. And then he become, if they don't want him as a starter, he's a backup. And I, quite frankly, have no idea where, you know, who's going to take on $17 million of, them, of that $19 million contract? $17 million you're taking on. Yeah. A lot of money. It, I, it, it's, it's kind of becoming like a – 
I've noticed on Twitter today that there have been a lot of people. I think Amy Trask said something about this today. Damian Woody have said, you know, it would be a good fit. The Patriots would be a good fit for Cam. And I kind of love the idea of of Cam and Belichick together. Well, when they played the preseason game up in New England back in August of last year, when Cam got hurt again, when he got the the first part of the list, Frank injury, uh, there was talk even that week in preseason here locally. Could that be a future spot for Cam next year? If Brady happens to retire or leave or go somewhere else. So it's been on the minds and of people. And I just can't imagine Bill Belichick hasn't thought of that. He's always respected Cam as an athlete. He's always respected him as a person, what he does for uh, the community. It'd be a really good fit up there. It, it, the only thing I think about is does that style of offense fit Cam? But you know what, if you're Belichick, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You're going to change your offense no matter what with Tom being gone now. So take a chance on the guy. And you may catch lightning in a bottle. And now Cam becomes, you know, a, a, a Pro Bowl type player again at 31. Now you have something. That is the only spot I think he fits, in my opinion. What's it like to now have Tom Brady in your division? Man, it's crazy. You know, I, I was sitting back. That was going down last week going, okay, Drew Brees, all right, and you've got Matt Ryan, okay, and if Cam comes back, you have Cam healthy at 100%, and now you've got Tom Brady. By far the most loaded quarterback division ever. Um, and I think now even with Cam Bob, Bridgewater is still a serviceable quarterback. It's going to be fun to watch the watch Brady play here uh, once a year, and then for next year, and then see him twice a year. I think it just adds a lot. There's a lot of Buccaneer fans down here, man. I think what you see in Charlotte is a nice melting pot of folks that want to come up to the East Coast, but kind of stop halfway through and go, "Oh wow, I found a little hidden gem here in Charlotte." A lot of Buck fans, and they have a lot of Buffalonians, New Yorkians. So I think a lot of Boston people. So I think you're going to see Patriot fans kind of go out to that game when Tampa come. It's going to be cool. I just, you know, Brady still for me has this intrigue, right? Like Tom, can Tom Brady be the quarterback he was in New England without Bill Belichick? I think he can. Uh, so we'll see. I think fans will love it. Uh, but right now it's just kind of a, a, a nice little buzz going on about the division being finally talked about as a division that could compete amongst all the teams in the NFL. Because this division – kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. Just every other year, it's really good and then really crappy and then really good. And then re- now it's such it'll be a three or four year type division. If Brady stays healthy and wants to play for more than two years, I think he will. Hit man. I appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for Boy. being on the podcast. Yeah, man. I've, I've been listening to your podcast. I love it. It's been fun. You and I chatted about how you do this every, every day. And, uh, I appreciate you calling, man. I really do. And uh, all the best up there. And uh, keep killing it in midday too, man. I'll do my best. Thank you, sir.